I found this JFL album. Well, it's like a playlist full of just random clips of comedians' jokes from 2011. Comedians that are like huge, but none, none of these jokes are like anything that I've heard of from theirs. So I'm just gonna watch it today. At some, I have so many things to do. I have to blend this soup, make toffee peanut butter, and oh, cut up a pomegranate. All today. I mean, this is all easy stuff. Um, but that's some cool shit. I just realized the other day that I'm a naturally funny person. I just realized that. It's so weird. I mean, I suck at it, but I try. And just trying is all that I could do right now. I just try and I hope. It's really weird being around super serious, like, open micers. It's so, it's such a hard thing because nobody has, I don't want to say nobody. There are people, the people that I enjoy talking to are the ones with a great sense of humor. But so many people are, like, so new, like, brand new, just don't get it, get what funny is at all and you wonder why are you here if you don't care about funny as asinine as the funny is it's still like it's funny like I was talking to somebody who did comedy I think four times and he was trying to ask me like about a joke that he did that got I mean just brutally bombed brutally bombed and I was still I, I got like high and when I get high I just want to be pure funny if I'm not interested in your conversation I just try to like make myself enjoy the conversation because I'm not a terrible person that's really me being high is listening to somebody that I respect and I'm intrigued by and that happens a lot but or me trying so hard to be funny because I'm bored by another open micer I don't get how like people who are experienced comics even talk to someone like me or like how do you even tolerate open micers we are we are such bottom feeders and this person was just trying to ask me about this joke and i'm just like why don't you write it out why don't you understand what a punchline is and i i'm talking out of my ass but i think i could i could write a good joke i think i okay i i could i know how to make someone laugh I had the capacity to do that. And that's something that I'm so... I take so much pride in that right now where I'm like... I suck at so much of life. But at least I can make people laugh. I was in my geography class and I was explaining a time where... I'm working this into a joke that I'll probably do months from now. But, like, older white people fearing... Uh, people of color and I said like I like the juxtaposition in it like and I was just riffing on it just saying like explaining what is now modern racism 
for the people who face it. Because I'm around so many white people that I see this, I know the subtlety of it. And so many of these kids in my class were just like, oh, we don't see it. We're from a small town. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know a single person who doesn't look like you. That's just how it is. And I really spent like 10 minutes and I did, I made people laugh, but it was like, you guys don't know anything. You're 20 and you've never been outside of Marysville. What the fuck do you know about other people? What do you even know about other people? And that's, and it was like a great like banter that I had with the teacher where he was cultured, like he was somebody who lived life, but I don't get why teachers, especially in like history or like classes where people have a conversation, even allow young people, don't allow a young hot person to talk in a class discussion. Because all that it does is make me seem like I know, like, more. And I don't, but it... I guess I do know more than some... I And I go to a college where... Every, it's a pretty big school. OSU is, a, OSU is a pretty big school. And yet, for some reason, in every class where we have class discussions, nobody is cultured or the one person who also knows a little bit, a little bit of something else. The one person who studied in high school history is the one person that I talk to. And it's pitiful. It's not even, I don't give it, I don't give a shit. I'm not like, oh, fix the planet. But it's like, how am I like deemed favorable in this class? How am I even doing well when I don't, I don't, I haven't read in a long time, I haven't read it or educated myself in a very long time. I just paid attention in class and was interested in some things when I was a kid. And that's what's considered like, and I, I really hope I'm, I, I hope that when I move to New York, I get humbled. That's what I hope happens because being here and being even in higher education, it's not it's not genuinely higher education. I have to do another sinus rinse in like an hour. I, hopefully an hour, I think. I'll try. But I just ramble on about dumb things and yet that's like, oh, this is a point. And, I'm, and I don't think that it's a point, but I guess it is. Because I'm just stating observations and things that I've, seen in my life um I wrote this paper yesterday I wrote this paper for my geography paper for geography class and it's supposed to be seven pages pages and I was like I don't know how I'm gonna write my initial topic was supposed to be San Francisco but I was like, I can't write for seven pages about how San Francisco's the greatest city in America. Like, I could not bring myself to just write seven pages of that. So I was like, what could I just write on and on and on and on and on about? And I mean, just go on for days. And the segregation was easy because I just, I had like a cup of like green tea, like the can Trader Joe's one that literally tastes like just dirt. It tastes like dirt. And I just drank that and just wrote 
for three hours straight. Um, and the paper was on uh, modern segregation. I'm actually like, with these papers, this is the last class that I think, yeah, this is the last class in my college where I have to write papers for. All my other classes, even next semester, I have like Arabic, that's my last GE. But I don't, I won't have to write papers. I won't have to write anything like long form or spend so much time researching and educating myself on something, which is probably a terrible thing. But let's hope I read Great Expectations in the next month. I, I, I bought a Cicero book and I haven't even like looked at it. This is how garbage I am. I just get, they're just in my bookshelf. Someday, I thought I was going to be reading all the books in my bookshelf because of COVID. Nope. I just cook a lot. That's all that I do. I I just cook a lot and listen to way too much music. And I love it. I love music. I found this beautiful clip. God, I have to tell somebody about this. Um, I found this beautiful clip of the 1975. The 1975 is my favorite band. Uh, the 1975 from Manchester. My favorite band. Uh, and really, because I, I love those things that defined and were the things that I enjoyed throughout my teens and throughout my adolescence. Those are the things that stuck, like, the basic genres because it was just comedy and music that I enjoyed so much and I was a I was a fat kid that was obsessed with cereal that was just watching like shitty comedy specials and listening to Ed Sheeran and the 1975 from Manchester and their like self-titled album that I was so obsessed with just their like that first song that I listened to girls and that's everyone's introduction into the 90s I don't want to say ever but like the vast majority of us it's like that soda can like opening is like <laughs> and it's just like fire that's that was the first one you're just in this train where they take you everywhere it's not one singular thing and I love how they're dynamic I respect that so much about them that they experience everything and they get political, especially right now. In their last, not NOACF, but the one before that. Um, yeah, they got political. And I still, res- I love that because they were, t- they were taking a topic and they took stock of their audience. They took stock of their audience and knew exactly what everyone was thinking and said it and said it to like such an extreme. But I should, but I digress. I, can, I should get back to the topic that I'm talking about. I just had like half a nitro cold brew that's slightly pecan flavored. Pecan, pecan, pecan. One time I was at IHOP and I was ordering, I think it was like some pecan like waffle. And I said pecan and she was like, pecan. And I said pecan. And we were just like arguing, just solely saying the word pecan and pecan. That's all we said. And this lady was angry. I was like, it's not my fault that you're white trash. I didn't say that. I was too, I was like 12. But in the back of my head, I was like, I don't think I'm saying it wrong. I think that lady is missing too many teeth. I have adult braces on. My life is wonderful. I have adult braces on and I won't get them off until February. 
and I'm excited for February not right now because it's just awkwardness it's I, and I have I have such a childish face I, I get I look like a teenage boy that's what my face looks like especially with the short my hair is so curly that it's just I have I have a teenage boy face and my braces aren't doing me any favors they're not at all but the clip that I found of the 1975 from Manchester is a 2009 street performance in Manchester where Maddie and George are playing the song Sex. Like the song, their song Sex. And one moment. And it's such a beautiful clip to see be just for the purpose of nostalgia you under you see exactly where they were at when they first started and they don't look they don't ever every artist when they start and i'm really obsessed with artists right now i really am obsessed with them when they all start it, they look really young and they're just like you're really going into like some tunnel and you don't really know where the fuck you're going or what you're doing but you enjoy it at least i do i sh i shouldn't speak for anybody else because i heard some i heard a comedian that i like say that they consider like stand-up just another job and i was like i don't i love this i wait for i get excited and i work on it i write every day but i get excited just so i could do comedy and like try to make people laugh that's and that's pure joy how is that hard work how do you compare that to washing dishes i used to wash dishes for like eight hours on end and it was miserable how do you compare that to like making people laugh about something that you enjoy talking about and that's and this is like my like that's my art for, ugh, i don't it makes me but like it is it's a pursuit of the soul and i am a dweeb for even saying that i'm a total dweeb for even saying that but i saw the clip of the of like maddie and he's like he has this like weirdly like long hair that looks like it's like like 70s-esque but it's it, it's reminiscent of that like era of like Justin Bieber haircut you know like what every teenage boy had at that point in time but like a little bit longer than that and he had like this hat that wasn't fitting well it was so adorable because the song was already beautiful on its own it was like to see that song five years later come out in their self-titled album and really that song was it's totally different from their street performance and it was like what it showed what would happen if they were given the ability to rise to their full potential and that was what i was so in awe of that you you always have to start somewhere and i think doing something like that is that has delayed gratification we don't give financial gratification when you do something like musicians and i that when dave Chappelle said that all comedians want to be musicians and all musicians want to be comedians that is the most 
accurate thing because we relate to them and we love them so much I love them I shouldn't I shouldn't generalize but I love musicians so much and like like you see them intertwine and you understand because we all sort of like start doing this thing because it finds you and you're in love with it we just do it all the time and we don't get we're all dirt poor we're all dirt poor for a long time and if you're lucky you get to live a normal life where you're able to make money off of that thing that you love but we all start doing it because we love it that's the only reason that we do it because we love it we don't nobody i don't think anybody has gotten into comedy and just thought, oh, I'm going to be rich. I, I've heard of those things where we're like, oh, we want pussy, so we'll start doing comedy. I'm like, I guess that works. I, I should say that works because I've seen people that it works for day after day. I've seen people that it works for. But you don't get into this because you want money or wealth. You get into it because you love it. At least I got into it because I loved it. And it gave me something that nothing in my life ever has. Nothing in my life. I don't think that... I don't. I will never stop. I will never stop doing this. And because I can't imagine a life without it. And I'm so glad that I found it. I'm so glad that I found it at an age where I could have done something else. Or I could have just forced myself to stay in a certain lane and have lived a life where I knew I would be miserable if I just remained there but I'm so glad that I valued my happiness so much so that I just did this for fun it was like you know what I'm gonna write a few suicide jokes and get booed my first time and a homeless guy hugs me because I gave him five dollars that that happened my first night of comedy. I got booed. I got late night Mikey's for the first time. And some homeless guy hugged me because I gave him money. And he told me his entire life story. He lives right off Olentangy River. <laughs> right off Olentangy River. <laughs> That's where he lives. Um, but it's pretty cool. I, I'm at this weird point with my jokes where I'm not... I'm writing more than I have ever. I It's something that I could just do all day long. And I love it. I love it so much because it's exciting. Because I'm just like, oh my god, I didn't think that I could come up with these things. And there's so much. I'm picking out so much of my life. But will it ever be too much of my life that I've used to where when I genuinely need this material, I won't? have like I don't I don't know oh oh I don't I should just stop this is the anxiety this is the anxiety wall that's barricading me right now in this moment but I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying all of this I I really wish I could be around. There's a comedy scene, actually. Yeah, so I love being around other comedians and seeing other types of comedians. And in the city that I live in, unfortunately, not that many people are just there for pure funny. 
and it's not even like oh the quality is higher no it's not people who are there for pure funny usually have a better ability to be funny on stage where they have some sort of idea how to be funny but there are so many people that just are not and I it's funny to it's fun for me there's something so sadistic and I know it's in my head I know that there's something so fucked up about me but it explains the success of the Kill Tony podcast that there's something so fun about watching open micers just psychotic people and I thought oh open micers are pleasant even in my first year I was like oh open micers aren't half bad I met like five crazy people in the last year and now it's just like oh these people don't have any logic why are you you're being a fucking creep to every girl that you see stop doing that like I actually told somebody who came out to open mics twice that he was that he was being a piece of shit to women and he was like he denied it until he was like oh I get like that sometimes I was like well you should stop and he was like oh I drink a lot I was like well maybe understand what you're doing and stop doing that to people and people assume that all comedians are like that it's like the comedians who are pieces of shit like that don't get very far they exist at open mics there are certainly people but that's such a minuscule number especially right now and nobody is vetting open mics nobody vets open mics open mics there's a guy that i think killed people i i say it jokingly but he's such a creepy like character that at the very least was in a straight jacket at one point in his life just a an insane person I've, i've seen a few people like that and i'm one of those people that enjoys just talking to people like that i enjoy talking to the crazy and because i'm fascinated i'm so i've never been around drunk people until i started doing comedy i grew up in a very muslim family where i wasn't allowed to listen to music i was told that if i listened to music i would go to hell like that's what there would be like hell going through my ears or whatever the fuck dumb shit that they tell kids and now i love music more than anything more than most things in life probably more than some of my muslim family oh well fuck you guys 1975 is fire tracy chapman makes me cry like a little bitch you don't she under the music gets emotions it says what is so beautiful about great art is that it says the things that are not said in life and that's the things that need to be said. And the greatest music is within feeling. You feel, you you understand a certain emotion and it takes you to a place. But I was making, I was trying to make a friend of mine laugh because this guy was just trying to have like a serious, weird conversation and it wasn't like it wasn't in any way sexual. It was like about his joke that was obviously awful. And I was just trying to make him laugh and he was like, Oh, you want to go on stage? And I'm like, No, I'm just trying to make you laugh because you're having a dumb conversation and my friend is way too polite to tell you to go fuck yourself. And I'm way too polite to tell you to go fuck yourself. So I just want to make people laugh right now. And I tried. I tried.
I love listening to interesting people talk. Anybody who's interesting, you have my ear. I could just listen for forever. And it's really not the hardest thing in the world to be interesting. Pete, I forget that I keep on th- I th- I keep on thinking that things are unattainable. For some reason, I keep on thinking that things in life are just unattainable. They're not like things are unattainable but they're not it's just they're not tangible they're not tangible things so it's hard to see such things I don't know why but I just went into this black hole well it was like (laughs) black I just got into this like three video thing where uh this comedian was talking about like how black people are not allowed to make it in comedy and that's like a huge trope that 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 exists within the black circuit where they're, everyone is angry at the people who are sitting at the top and they want there's still that anger towards the industry there's still that anger towards the people who are sitting at the top and they're like oh yeah what about that guy it's like the industry is they're they're pieces of shit they're not they don't value human beings they're a machine they just bust out whatever the fuck they want and whatever they're marketing but how much power does that have now you actually get to have control over what you do go post some dumb video like every day on youtube and see what happens see what happens when you just try to utilize the internet don't blame a Kevin Hart for outworking everyone. He spent his like he spent his young adulthood literally hustling. And yeah, he's not as funny as Cat Williams. Like he's not, but he outworked those people. And there is so much luck involved. Like he's a person who's like you there are some people that you look at and You'll see this when you're an open micer where you look at somebody and you're just like, oh, this guy's going to be famous. He has, like, they have a certain, like, look to them. They have a certain, like, personality that's, like, so personable. Like, you just, you're, you love them just by hearing them talk. And I am even fooled by them. I am even fooled by them where I'm, where I'm just like, this person's amazing. And everyone else, like, who's really... Comedians who are within comedy are just... They're so jaded by it. And obviously, I know that I will be that way at some point in my life. But right now, I'm in awe of the fact that I could even tell a joke and make somebody laugh. I'm still in awe of that. I'm in the honeymoon phase, and I love it. I love it so much. But I do see those people where I'm just like, Oh, this person's gonna be famous someday... I will be able to say, yeah, I knew them when they were still showing up to open mics and, like, still killing and would complain about it and say, oh, I want to kill myself. It's like, you're the funniest person here. You don't... (laughs) You're really, really funny. Get the fuck out of this small town. You're great at this. And that's... I've run out of... Lip balm. I still haven't gotten my Korean lip balm in the mail. It was supposed to, it's supposed to come from Thursday the 3rd, 
through the 30th. And it already shipped. So maybe sometime this week. Maybe. I'm really having some sinus congestion all of a sudden. It's like there's... Just my fucking nose. Just my nose. It's doing that thing. But, oh, people who are stars. Um, oh, Black Circuit. Black Circuit. Humans. Everyone wants to make it. And, yeah. Instead of wagging your... You have to figure out your way around it. Because we all know that government's fucked up. For example, I don't care about social... I really don't... I'm not knowledgeable in that. But I'm like, well, I personally will take stock of what I value. If I valued money, if I was like, oh, I'm, I want to be rich. And I know that I want to have... If my goal in life was to get health care... I would have done what I could to be rich as quickly as I can. And that's an attainable thing to do. You could do that as an American person. If you were that, if you were like, I want health care for me and everyone in my family, you could simply outwork them if you care about that. I know what I care about. I don't give a shit. I work out, I quote unquote work out and eat healthy, but... I know that I don't need healthcare for life. Like, I don't... I would need it, just in case. But it's not like I'm gonna die without it. It's not like I value money. I don't value money outside of the necessities. I just need enough money to keep a roof over my head. That's all that I need. And I don't long for it. I hate... I hate luxury because it just takes you out of, like, what genuine life is i like looking at the weekly ad for a grocery store um but that's what i value and so many people want to i guess be that famous person and this is so common in especially with the black circle like they're just obsessed with that person who made it but how is that human being even living a real life like, they're not allowed to just walk into a corner store without people looking at, looking at them or saying, hey, could I take a picture? That's not, it's not real life. You're not living a normal life. It's an uncomfortable one because everything that you do is being watched. And for a stoner, that's worse than getting high and being convinced that people are already staring at you. Imagine, like, being like that uber famous and just ha- getting high and like having some fun and you're just like oh fuck everyone's staring and like everyone is staring at you like somebody is going to take a picture of you that's scary that's scary as fuck the only thing that I'd want money for is to buy for the people that I love in my life to, because my dad is somebody that values finances he dreams of being a homeowner like, he's the only person, like, yeah, if I had money, I would. I would help him. But not even for me. I, I don't... I'd live in a studio forever. I would... I love people. I would... I grew up an only child. If I could rent with, like, a friend of mine forever, I would so be down with it. Like, another, like, funny person or somebody that I just, like, is on my wavelength. Yeah, let's... Dude, let's hang out, watch some movies, and I'll make some dinner for us. 
I'll blast some Wu-Tang and I'll make some chicken. We're having some fun, dog. Like, that's... I don't know why I'm even saying that dumb shit. I'm really being... But I... Is that my dad? <laughs> Three, two... That's not even my dad. I thought that was my dad. Then I was like, oh, I'm straight up sitting in the living room. So like, he'll just walk into me like talking to myself like a psycho. My nose is so congested. Oh, man. This really blows. I mean, my nose. It's not blowing. My nose is not blowing. But my nose really is congested. And... Yeah, wealth is not, it's not the end-all be-all, and people need to stop. Somebody mentioned something about delayed gratification in life, which is the most accurate thing that I recognized, that people, Springsteen, like, talks about, like, having depression, like, that really kicked in after he was very successful, and People don't take heed of that. People don't look at that at all. They're just like, oh, we'll be fine whenever we're rich. And then you look at a rich person, they're just fucking miserable. They're just miserable. A lot of them are because they're, they hope that they're going to be getting something out of it. And they realize, oh, this is not... It's not on the basis of socioeconomic status. No, it's not. It's just whatever... Do, do whatever the fuck makes you happy. Go do some fun shit. I'm about to cut into a pomegranate and just start whacking, like, the fucking back of it until I get, like, all the seeds out. And then maybe I can make some pomegranate juice. But that sounds cool as shit because it has a ton of iron and I need that. But that's something fun for me. I like cooking because I enjoy it. It's, it's a relaxing thing for me to do and it's fun for me. I want... I'm reading a book because that's fun for me. Like, that's something that I look forward to in my life. And I love that. I love that so much. I... My segregation papers. So last night. Oh, finally. How much mucus could my nose have? Is this is it even possible that my nose has this much mucus? I love the idea of just putting this on like somewhere where it's just like nothing that I say will ever matter. Oh, not at all. Not at all. My nose, it's not even okay. How do, Why is my nose so congested? Haven't I been through enough with my nose? Haven't I been through enough? God, it's 
all year round. It just it just shows up every few months. It just shows up out of nowhere, and then I have to deal with it. And horse. Let me go back to oh my segregation paper. So I wrote seven pages on segregation for fun. Um, it was so because I can't write seven pages of something that I didn't research for. I had like three hours to write this paper, and he was like, "You have until eleven fifty nine, and I started up at eight thirty. Not actually doing it until nine thirty. Realistically, that was when I like I have this problem where I pro- I procrastinate everything. I'm like, oh, I have a week, I have a week, and then next thing you know, I have exactly five hours to do everything in the world. And I know it's strictly for school because I hate it so much. If I was told write 20 jokes, I could do that right now. I can't, I'd I'd figure it out. I'd be able to do it. If I tried, I could do it. Because I enjoy it. Pursuit of the soul. Or whatever the fuck Vonnegut said. Don't, Vonnegut. Whatever the fuck Vonnegut said. That's what he said. Jizz. Uh... Okay, it can be easily argued that segregation was abolished with the Civil Rights Act of 1964. I did not even, like, check this for just grammatical errors to the nines. God damn. That would be akin to saying that because drugs are illegal, they do not exist. Our government forms laws, but what occurs in our American society is what matters. I really could have deciphered this more. Our government forms laws. And yeah, they don't shape our culture. As we Apparently weed might be decriminalized. At which point, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool thing to know. Segregation has taken a new shape in the form of socioeconomic status. When an upper-middle-class African-American family searches to buy a new home, real estate agents do their best to keep them from living in a place where they know they won't be accepted. This decision is racist, but the real estate agent knows what the value of homes that the value of homes will decrease, and this will affect not only his earnings, but also the Caucasian residents of said neighborhood. So the African-American family makes the decision to move to a poor neighborhood where they will be accepted or in a pleasant neighborhood where where they will be treated like they're unwelcome despite being of the same socioeconomic status or even higher. I should have, I wanted to reference, um, Chris Rock said this in, like he was like, my neighbor, my neighbors are uh, Eddie Murphy, Mary J. Blige and a Jewish dentist. Like, those are his neighbors. And that, like, I did not have any, like, scholarly citations, so I couldn't just, like, put it in there. But I wish I would have. Uh, this, this form of racism is the plight of the modern African-American. For those who work to live to live a better life, better than their ancestors, there is simply no way out. This example of modern segregation is the life of an upper middle class African. I'm just being redundant now. I really thought 
this was halfway okay and then I'm like oh five people could pre like to could just edit this a lot better than I did the average the average is a person that only lives in their lives their entire life in the same neighborhood they were born in this is what is the norm for the vast majority of Americans a Caucasian American woman Uh, the openness to various races is included in being born black. He will befriend every non-white co-worker at every job and will have respect. It's all that it is. Exposure. That's how you solve all this crap. Just talk to people on Earth. Talk to everyone. Talk to everyone. If you're... I live in Ohio, so everyone's just purely, like, ignorant. That's all Ohio is. Just ignorance, breeding, breeding ignorance. I tried to understand what my current, I guess, style, style is comedically. And it, I would say if anything, Nobody will be will ever be able to notice. Nobody will ever be able to even know Kurt Metzger's comedy to get to that point. And it's not even Metzger. If anything, it's closer to. I am a piece of shit of an open mic to even think of. But I'm just like, what comedian would be re- like? Okay, this paper is probably closer to a Metzger because Metzger really has like incredible insight on so many different topics. Why is somebody's car beeping? Great, great. How wonderful is that? <laughs> um, to understand that this is a common trope that is in every part of, I could have said aspect. I could have said aspect. Don't procrastinate. I. I will laugh my ass off. If I get a B in this, I will jump around like a dimwit. Because I know this isn't even a good paper. It has so many grammatical errors. It's just long enough. That's all that it is, long enough. These two may pass by one another, but will likely never speak. I thought I was going to be able to read all of this, but I can't. This isn't even presentable. We have to speak and not in a means to guilt one side, but to know what is on everyone's mind and to go from there. I think that's actually, that, I mean, this is the, what I, there are so many things that I'm just like, yeah, I hope people could take that out and try to understand it. Stop guilting one side. Understand each other. For fuck's sake, just talk to people. Talk about anything. It doesn't have to be about the elephant in the room. Talk about what whatever you're into. What kind of TV shows do you like? What kind of sitcoms do you enjoy? Modern segregation is geographical, but the but for the lucky few and growing African Americans residing in middle class neighborhoods, it is a look given by those who consider themselves your ally, but wonder why you are existing in their vicinity. It is rather simple to accept someone from a distance, but true acceptance is including everyone in your personal life based on their character, and not what you presume they were when you first saw their face. Now that's the story of my life. (laughs) That's the story of how I made every friend 
or person that genuinely likes me in my life. And this is really where artists, I do really go into how art is great. That's what I learned from too much green tea. And currently, I'm just a hyper-caffeinated Nimrod. That's, I am just caffeine as fuck. Cities are the places that people migrate to New York to New York. I said a New York and then it changed. But they now carry a modern allure of a higher socioeconomic status, which they do. Cities do. I could easily elaborate on all of these things where I wrote. I'm just like, let me explain. The natural ex expectation is that by virtue of age, a millennial social media manager for a startup is likely more aware of race relations. This person is oftentimes more racially uncultured than her grandparents. The racist opinions aren't what perpetuates segregation to property value. Amongst other things, this young person will fear residing in a cheaper housing and will opt to feed the functionalist machine that is the ghetto. She will feel fear in the presence of african-american people not person and remain in her cul-de-sac which will i didn't even put which which will continue the cycle gentrification is a monster we all tend to throw our fists at well we must but we must take stock of what it does in its infancy its intentions are pure in that neighborhood is being improved by having Caucasian Americans of a lower socioeconomic status move there, eventually it develops into interests of some small businesses. The trouble occurs when Starbucks rids a community of a local institution and is where gentrification is harmful. I don't know how to speak. I really hate adult braces right now. This is... Don't lose your retainers when you're a dumb 16-year-old. Portland, Oregon is, has defined itself as a gentrification capital of America. It is also, I didn't even say also, if I would have proofread this, I would have liked this paper, but, and then I talk about Old Town East, and I actually mentioned small businesses. Social media is our key, is what is our key, our unhealthy addiction to this has a benefit of being knowledgeable about things you never knew. This sort of usage is what exposes people of similar interests and life experiences to one another. A place like Instagram is where we can showcase the art we enjoy. People meet others from all walks of life. People meeting others from all walks of life is a common... I got this grammatically correct. Shockingly. People meeting others from all walks of life is a, a commonality that all generations Z and millennials share. We spend so much time of our, of our lives on the internet that we end up forming a lifelong friendship with someone from another continent or another coast. We have concluded that modern segregation is resolved by art. We will not be able to win, but the best places the infancy of gentrification when people are not forced out of their homes. This is a struggle where it is different for every state, and certain cities have a head start and others will never even become the subject of gentrification. Through future generations of people self-expressing, 
amongst one another. We will form a place where people will ever feel unwelcome. Oh, I like that. I don't know why, but I'm complimenting myself. Through future generations of people's self. There are like, there's a sentence in every like paragraph that I wrote that I'm just like, I like this. This is, I like that. Through future generations of people self-expressing amongst one another, we will form a place where people will ever feel unwelcome. Segregation has been a topic that has been a bulging sore thumb in the city that I've spent most of my life in. It was apparent to me when I felt like an outsider every time I went to a Pleasant Parker store. I wanted to understand why this is an issue, but this is not what a person who's been subject, subject to segregation has experienced. I am a privileged African-American person and I am lucky to be treated normally in Caucasian environments. This is a problem for an outsider of both groups and I can only surmise that every African-American person has experienced this in their college years. I think I like this. It, it's something that I did not... I really have this very rambly way of just like writing out things where it's like very like the pressure cooker thing is what makes me make the most it's just tons of caffeine and then I figure it out I actually liked certain parts of this paper where I'm like oh this is garbage but a lot of grammatical errors but still there is stuff in it where I'm like yeah I like that I wrote this and it's purely because of the pressure cooker and we're so used to we're supposed to be writing papers that are very like structured you're supposed to have like this argument and I am like proving it and you do the xyz like you play the the blueprint and you draw around that and you draw in the box and all that crap which I did not do but I like that I like certain sentences where I'm like, oh, this is, like, accurate. Oh, I also talked about salt and straw. Um, I talked about salt and straw. And I also found out about Alberta Street in Portland, the hipster capital of America. If this was, like, well, I guess... It really doesn't have many citations. It's just my observations and commentary on things that I've seen and just rambling on a topic that I'm interested in. But I've always wanted to understand why so many fellow black people don't live in these nice white neighborhoods and I get it now. I understand it. I wanted to get it and now I do. And granted, we're at a point right now where everyone's living like the wealthier you are like the more of a chance you have at living in different places in these like areas that are quote-unquote being gentrified or are gentrified are to an extent and I really I could have mentioned like the classic Brooklyn thing but Portland was simply the most unsegregated city in the country and that's uh, that's a fact and that's shocking to me i would have said san francisco but san francisco i think san francisco so far ahead of everyone else 
they're, everyone just looks ethnically ambiguous. That's how they look. That's just San Francisco. Everyone just looks like whatever the fuck. And they're all way too rich. Apparently I've been doing an hour of just garbage. Just garbage. My one citation is about Alberta Street, a scholarly paper that I barely cited. Um, with the end of slavery... I mean, it made the, like, the cut, and that's all they care about. Teachers really, English teachers are, some of them, you, you can't even respect them. This isn't an English class, it's geography, and you're supposed to be talking about the study. You could just talk about social things. All college teachers are amazed that anyone even knows anything. Oh, and the funniest thing happened in my last, this is the final geography class that we had, and this teacher was just so angry. I mean, he wasn't angry, but he was, like, so bothered by the fact that nobody was even, like, giving a shit. Because I took pass-fail. This is the one thing where I'm like, I will get an A on this, and then I won't have to- I could just blow off my final exam. If I do get a good grade on this, I could blow off my final exam. That's what I could do. But- other than that, this person looks genuinely scary. I could blow off my final exam, and that's, that was my only rationale, because I know that I'm doing pass-fail. A D is an A in pass-fail. And I already have two other classes where I have to just get good grades in. I have to get good grades in, and I'm so lucky that they won't be recalculating my financial aid until next week no no next semester next semester like the end of next semester so that'll be a pleasant choice to pleasant thing i can't words english so i'll just play this uh clip of the 1975 from manchester the 1975 from manchester where's that clip at shit where that clip at? their most current version of it. This is actually the EP.
Shit.